if you just the simple tweak where you continue to communicate to the customer about their order after the purchase, that simple tweak can save you a lot of time and customer support inquiries. And it also saves you a lot of money in those lost orders where people just click refund because they don't know what's going on. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Join us in this episode as we talk to the founder of Trekmate, Irinia Podobnaya, about her journey of starting a business in China, running an e-commerce company, and developing a software to help e-commerce providers with tracking and customer communication. Hear about her experiences and insights in building and automating processes, integrating with e-commerce platforms, and providing beginner-friendly solutions for tracking and customer communication. Stay tuned to hear about her experiences and insights. Irina, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you, Janine, for having me here. And my surname is a tongue twister. It's Padubnaya. Yeah, so Irina Padubnaya. 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 Awesome. Irina, really awesome to have you here. Let's walk through memory lane and share with us how you got started. Where does the story of Irina start? Yeah. So actually, it's not just a story of Irina, it's a story of TrekMage. So it's the company that I represent and I'm the founder of. The story started way back when I was working in an office and I was just not really liking what I was doing because all the office jobs, they are pretty much alike, where you just have to follow the orders of the higher-ups. And I was just feeling stuck uh, and I felt that like I could do so much more. And that's when I did something that not a lot of people would consider the next step. I got married and we went to China with my husband to start a business there. So that was quite of a leap of faith at that point, because we have not even, we didn't even understand what we were getting into. And we just thought that, oh yes, we've worked in an office. That's how we we know the the business Mm -hmm. and that's how we got there. Yeah. And then like for two and a half years, we were running a fulfillment center from China without speaking Chinese. And that was quite an interesting (laughs) situation to be in. And after that, 
we just literally, we transitioned to that business. That was our first attempt at doing business. And it was really draining because mm -hmm. we were helping a lot of like retailers, e-commerce entrepreneurs. But then we were working in the warehouse ourselves. And that was a step backward from even the job that we had. Sure. Yeah. So <laughs> it's sure for you, but for us, it, it was wasn't something. Yes, it was different because we were dreaming of building a big company and we were dreaming of really making it a success. Mm. But then again, when it comes to physical goods and Chinese suppliers and all the other things that we had to deal with, it wasn't quite straightforward and we mm. didn't figure it out at that point. But then later, still, we developed the systems that were used in our processes because we're only two of us and like around 100 customers with various orders of like varying quantity. Sure. And what we had to do, we had to automate or die. And we decided to automate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's how we created the tool that helped us with fulfillment, keeping track of all the packages and informing the customers of like the order status and all the other things. Yeah. So yeah, that's how TrackMage was born. And it wasn't TrackMage initially. It was just an internal tool that we were using instead of Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. And then later, when we had to, when we just decided that we needed to break out of this like self-imposed slavery, because we were our own, like in our own self-created servitude. Yeah, you're so, your own jailers. Yes, we just decided that we're not going to continue that. Mm -hmm. And we closed the business in China and then we moved back to Bulgaria. And still we had the tools and we built them and we had the code. So we decided to make it available for other entrepreneurs to use. We had to do a lot of tweaking, <laughs> definitely for people to be able to use. So we developed yeah. integrations with the Shopify, WooCommerce, other platforms, because we had our own custom store that this tool was operating with. So then, yeah, <laughs> that's how we ended up with the software as a service. And that's how we've been doing this for the next four years up until now when we are talking. <laughs> wow. So you yeah. were in a, you were working in, a, in an office environment, which you did not like. So you decided yeah. to take matters in your own hands. Okay, I'm, I know how to do it better. I've done this before. You got married and moved to China to then start this company. Yeah. Now, what kind of work were you doing that really said, no, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life? And what was that turning point? The turning point was really just that I just felt stuck in this office environment just because like, I, I wasn't doing anything really interesting. Though. I mm -hmm. was the expert manager in a company that used to sell frozen berries. Okay. So I was the frozen berries salesperson. Basically. And I had to fill in all those invoices, documents, bills of lading, mm. like pallets. I had to even visit the, the warehouse where it was like minus 18 degrees Celsius. Wow. Which is, I don't convert. Uh, <laughs> it's very cold. <laughs> yeah, it's quite cold. Yeah. So the thing is, like, it was very taxing. And then I actually left the camp. I heard the rumors, but instead of me, they had to hire free people uh, to wow. just do all the activities that I used <laughs> to handle. So I, I just understood like a, what kind of a powerhouse I used to be yeah. in the company. But yeah, the thing that's, is, yeah. Now that's pretty amazing. And how many years would you say were you in that previous position that you decided to leave and start your own company? 
It's been, it's been around a year when I literally like, it was my first job after the university. And after that, maybe half a year in a different company where I was selling grease for the car parts. So again, it wasn't about the product, but it's the easiest way to communicate what I was doing. So I was just selling some product that uh, had uh, the manufacturer, like my employer was the manufacturer and I had to find them some enterprise contracts to just really sell it. So that's why I thought that I understood sales mm-hmm. <laughs> before before I went to China. Yeah. But uh, it turns out I had to learn so much more about marketing, how to get people to buy from you online. Mm-hmm. And initially we had really no idea about marketing, how to set up even the basic funnels or even basic communication. We used sure. to just reach out to people through Facebook for direct messages when it was possible. No, wow. That's really cool. I like that journey because you, you got curious, right? Okay. I know I've done this shouldn't be that hard, but then when it's, when you take the journey is when you realize, okay, oh, so many more things I have to un- and, and learn and discover yeah. and put that together. I, I Amazing. really, yeah, I really like that metaphor when you are actually taking the leap of faith and then you're like, in this in the middle of falling you have to build a plane that's exactly what we were doing okay i need to build a plane okay why is it not working why is it not working like okay how much longer (laughs) until we hit the bottom yeah absolutely or deploying your parachute as you're coming down and then that parachute then enables you to okay soften your fall as you're coming down now running yeah, when it comes to parachutes, we were not that prepared. We had to rely on like family and friends at that point. Sure. Like, oh, save us, please. Like, yeah. Life yeah. Life. <laughs> no, it's really good. because So when you have the curiosity and when you have a imminent death, essentially, right? Okay, we need to figure out how we're going to survive. So running that fulfillment center in China for two and a half years, without speaking Chinese. Now that is something else. How did you manage to do that? Was there some software that you used to enable to that enable you to communicate with the people around you or what was it? Yeah, definitely we were using the smartphones all the time and it was the only means of communication because whenever a Chinese person doesn't like, uh, whenever a Chinese person speaks to you and they understand that you don't understand, they start writing. And we always have, okay, yeah, you're right, uh, right here. Because in China, they actually have around 16 different dialects, wow. which actually are like the, the written language is the same, but the pronunciation is vastly different. Right. And they even have translators from one dialect to another. So we were not an exception in China. So mm. we're like, okay, you don't understand then I start writing. But the thing it was that then we were writing not on a smartphone where we could translate, what we have written but on a piece of paper like it was utterly useless okay like i still don't understand like it's on the screen yeah amazing what technology can do for us in this evolving times i love it all right so next up as you're continuing to build your company then you decided to move back to your country bulgaria and yeah. now you're running your e-commerce company where you've developed a software that's helping other e-commerce providers support. Like you created an application that works with other e-commerce platforms, for example. Yeah. You mentioned I, Shopify I really, and WooCommerce. 
Yeah, yeah. I can really simply explain what it does. So That's remember cool. how you order a product from Amazon and then you get like this neat like timeline when it is going to get to your house and when after you receive the, the product. Yes, the tracking. And you can even share the tracking. Sure. Also, you receive like emails about the whereabouts of the order and if something changes. And also they collect reviews in the end. So we take all that fancy functionality out of mm -hmm. Amazon and make it available to all the retailers who are not using Amazon. We, we take it and make it available on Shopify, on WooCommerce, on ClickFunnels, and etc. That's really powerful. And people need that information because they are, they've spent the money. Now they're actually anxiously waiting for their yes. product to arrive. My son Zal was asking me, is there any new packages today? Is there any <laughs> new packages for Amazon? Because we purchase things from Amazon or we find get things from Target and Walmart, all these different locations, and there's something arriving in the mail. So yeah. that is really cool that we're able to track through the software and having that capability available on other platforms. So you mentioned that it's available to work with Shopify as well as WooCommerce. How easy is it to integrate? For those platforms where we have a direct integration, it's a one-click install and then just next, next, where you fill in the information about your store or some customizations. If it's from Shopify, we do everything for you. We, we use the styling of the store to customize the landing page. Mm -hmm. Like everything is already your, with your brand colors and like the styles. So we copy everything basically. Nice. Very so, cool. So Yeah. It's very much like magic. That's why like it was called track magic in the beginning. And mm. we had to realize like track magic was not available. Okay. Track mage. <laughs> now go on the next best thing. Yeah. yeah. We didn't realize like, at that point that people don't pronounce it the correct way. Like they like, look at it and like track what? <laughs> track mage. Okay. Yeah. Yes, track mage. So you have a we have a few different tracking or you have a few different plans for track mage you have a forever free plan a starter and a basic so people can depending on how many orders they're going to be receiving on their machine or on their store yeah on their store yeah they can use this that's very yes. cool we are we strive to be beginner friendly just because when you are like, I still remember how I used to package all those boxes and I don't want people to be stuck in this routine yeah. where you have to, I don't know, send hundreds of messages just replying to where is my order question mm -hmm. and like staying up late during the Chinese time zone hours. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't really a pleasant experience. It's not. So that's why automation can save people a lot of time. So even if like where the orders are not that hot mm -hmm. right now, and it's not such a big problem to reply to every occasional email, what if your marketing actually works? And at some point you get like 16,000 orders, how that happened to our, mm -hmm. one of our customers. <laughs> yeah. And it just depends. Yeah. Yes. It's not just that you're stuck. It's just overwhelming with like all those people writing right. here and there and just asking questions and just, oh my God, <laughs> I need to hide. <laughs> hide me please from all this crowd. No, this is really powerful. I, I love it. All right, so let's take a quick break. Thank you for sharing your journey, how you how TrackMage got started, how you got the inspiration and took that journey and building that plane while in the air uh, yeah. with your husband. And then it's been a really awesome talking with you. So let's take a quick break. And when we get back, you can share three hacks to take away for the audience. All right, thank you very much. I'm Janet Ahmed. 
host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Hey guys, welcome back. We've been speaking with Irina, and I still don't have, I still don't know how to say her last name, but she is. She's been very generous with her time, sharing how she started TrackMage and what inspired her to bring this really automation tool to the forefront. So, Irina, I understand you have three hacks to share with us. Yeah, I do. Since we were already talking about e-commerce and some things that people might benefit if they run an e-commerce store or if they sell any products online, uh, except for digital. Sure. Yeah. The first hack that is obvious, but not a lot of people realize that it's important, mm -hmm. is to bridge this communication gap that happens after the purchase. So when the person actually buys the product, when they are like when they receive a confirmation email, that's it. Uh, then later, they are left waiting for weeks, sometimes months, mm -hmm. depending on where the product is shipped from. And they don't really feel that the brand is there. Uh, or mm -hmm. if uh, sometimes in some dire cases, they get nervous and they click the refund button just because they don't understand if the product is getting there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if you just the simple tweak where you continue to communicate to the customer about their order after yeah. the purchase, that simple tweak can save you a lot of time and customer support inquiries. And it also saves you a lot of money in those lost orders where people just click refund because they don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I also would like to mention that when the person is buying from you, they are actively participating in this process. Mm. But then after that, you are the active participant, like as right. an e-commerce seller. The ball's in our court, yeah. Yes, but everything of that sort, it just happens behind the closed doors mm -hmm. and the customer doesn't know about it. Uh, and the only communication they receive is just like occasional email that is coming to them about the order status. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important to bridge that gap so that the customer doesn't feel anxious and that they are entertained while we're waiting. Mm -hmm. Because like, <laughs> I have a lingering suspicion that a lot of customers just want to ask about the order status to make it come to them faster. It's almost like with those managers. Okay, if I ask about the task 100 times, maybe it will get done faster. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. Like so, yeah. So the second hack probably would be to ask for reviews. In a lot of cases, I've seen that people, people, they don't have anything set up that asks for reviews. And even though they provide amazing customer experience, they sell great products, mm -hmm. they simply don't ask for reviews. Yeah. <laughs> and this way, 
not a lot of people really leave those reviews because if everything is awesome, the person is not tempted to really leave a review if they are not even asked to do. So the idea would be to really reach out, ask them for a review, and then make sure that everyone has the opportunity to leave that review. Because I've seen some interesting cases where the person gets redirected to a page where they click the button, but it doesn't work. So right. <laughs> make sure that it works as well. Make sure not only, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the last part, like the third one would be to really have some customer support in place. Because I do believe that customer support is part of marketing. It's mm -hmm. not a cost center. Uh, it's not something that's eating the cost. It's something that creates this rare opportunity to really communicate to your customers, make sure that they understand that you care about them. And also it's an opportunity to upsell them <laughs> because during customer yes, support, you can always establish like another connection and you can suggest additional products for the customer to buy. So yeah. customer support really matters. It not only prevents those problematic issues where the person issues a refund or chargeback, but it also creates this, I don't know, like solid relationship between the customer and the brand. <laughs> oh, that's so true. You got to have, you got to have the customer engagement as the product is being shipped, as the product is arriving to them. And when it's arrived, then you can continue to communicate with them. Hey, how do you like this product? Would you like to review? Is there something that you found that we can improve on? Absolutely yeah. amazing. Love it. Mm. Hi, Irina. Let's take a let's take a round take let's take a journey down some of these questions I like to ask my guest. Number one, All right. what is the one hobby that you wish you got into? I believe like from trial and error, that hobby would be improv comedy. Mm. And I wish I got into it sooner because it's so much fun, even yeah. if online. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I I found out recently a friend of mine just graduated from his improv comedy classes. And I was like, dude, that's so fun because you're literally on your toes and you're able to make decisions so quickly as scenarios are presented to you. Yeah. And it's also very fun because a lot of people around you, they are just like making up those crazy scenarios. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm a horse. Oh, I'm a... <laughs> I don't know, like I'm an orange and yeah. Uh, yeah, it definitely creates something that we don't experience in real life that yeah. where you can literally be anything or anyone in any circumstance. And then it's also funny in the end, just no. because we're like, the vibe is there. No, it's absolutely, it's hilarious. There was a UCB show called Whose Line Is It? Whose Line Is It? And it was very similar to, it was actually all improv. It was a show they used to air out here in the u.s hmm. yeah. next uh, question I, I haven't seen that one but to look it up whose line is it on youtube next question what did you want to be when you were a child that's going to be a surprising answer but i wanted to be a scientist i wanted to be really like a physicist so i wanted to study some nuclear physics or something yeah, yeah. and my intentions at that point were that I wanted to make some kind of discovery or scientific discovery, or I believed that it's like, it's close to magic because when you really understand like how things work and yeah. what they consist of, you really, you have the control. You, have, you, you really have the power. 
oh, what did I know at that point? <laughs> but- <laughs> no, 100%. It's really fun, especially being a scientist and experimenting and figuring out how things work. And that's what my podcast is all about, right? It's all discovering how to do one thing or another thing and how to basically find those moving pieces as you're moving forward. Next question, what is your favorite movie or TV show? My favorite movie, and I'm hesitant to say it, but probably it's The Fifth Element. Mm. I have watched it so many times because like, my mother also liked that movie and we watched yeah. it so many times. So yeah. I'm hesitant to say if, like, if I really still like it or I'm just used to it. It's not a movie, <laughs> but a habit by now. No, The Fifth Element is one of my favorite movies as well, especially the the futuristic view that they have and you're flying through the through space and doing all the, all sorts of things. And I still like I still think that the best scene in the whole movie was when Bruce Willis was eating ramen and when it was from this flying cart. Yeah. And I believe like this was the like the smallest detail that made mm-hmm. it all realistic because oh yeah, yeah the Vietnamese people the the, <laughs> the, the the ramen like okay yeah that's great. Exactly, so. exactly. <laughs> Right, it's next, still earth it's still earth yeah absolutely next question what movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it oh interesting so i i would have chosen oh my god because that kind of creates an interesting dilemma in my mind because if i had to choose a character and whom should i be like i always think about the <laughs> Like the circumstances they are in and what happens in the end. So like not every movie. So like a background character, like in which universe probably. Just I think somewhere where magic exists, but not in a Harry Potter way, but in some kind of like maybe the Lord of the Rings. Kind Lord of the Rings magic. or even Doctor Strange. There's, there's a lot yeah, of magic Doctor with Strange, Doctor Strange. Yeah. That's the one. Yes. Where, where the ma- magic actually feels like magic, not some like, I don't know, like a flippendo. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, no, I, feel, like that. I just I feel like I, I would have been a magician like of some sort maybe a dark mm. magician even but I don't know <laughs> I don't know in which movie specifically nice all right next up who is your favorite superhero that's easy I don't know if that character can be considered a superhero but it's the mask that's like the, the mask the most... with Jim Carrey Actually, even the original one, the oh, killer the original one, the like, mask. Okay. yeah, the, the mask, like the big head, like that killer, like, again, before I discovered the origin, before mm. I seen the graphic novel, I thought that was a fun movie. Then mm. I discovered the origin and I see, and I've seen the same scenes, how they were like, like, they were G-rated, yeah. like they were all transitioned from this graphic novel where everything was really brutal yeah. to what it was. And I do believe that it's unfair that women don't wear ma- the mask that often, mm. or they don't wear it at all. I think they just thought, of, oh, well, that looks ugly. But no, it doesn't. It's just like, <laughs> women are not given the opportunity to wear a mask. Yeah, you're, you're so right. That is an interesting one for sure. I haven't thought about it in that way. All right, last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? If I was a board game, I guess Uno... <laughs> <laughs> Just because well, it's... Uno is actually a card game, but I'm yes, card, card game, board like game. board game. I don't know that many board games. Like I just like I, I will have to improvise. Like the only thing that comes to mind, it, it would be Dixit. 
where, okay. where you have to guess the words based on the associations or I don't even remember the rules. <laughs> But I remember those fancy cards where, oh, this is some kind of like abstract Like Pictionary and... or something like that. Yes. Like it's all about like that topic of dreams where you have to okay. just like you see the, the card and then you have to like share your associations and people will have to guess the word. So it's something like that. Something like that. Yeah. That, that's right. why I'm saying like I, I just don't have, I don't have uh, that much experience with board games. No problem. Not, not a lot of people have played board games recently, although there are new board games coming out almost every month. It's, it's crazy. It's a very yeah. niche, well, really niche audience there. Yeah, that's why I thought that Uno was a board game, maybe like Cards Against Humanity as well. Mm. But like, these are closer to what I am. These are closer <laughs> because... to the board games. Okay. That works for me. All right. Okay. Where, so we've been talking with you, Irina, and it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for your time. Where can the superpreneurs find you? I believe the best place to find me would be trackmage.com. That's our main website and you can find all the social media accounts related to it, like in the footer. And definitely welcome to visit. We love a new audience and we, I would love to help you in any way uh, if you're right to the customer support because customer sure. support is important. <laughs> and that's Absolutely. Fun. Awesome. We'll be sure to include the link to the site on the show notes. Thank you again for your time and sharing your journey. Have a good one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode on Hacks and Hobbies. We absolutely appreciate your contribution. You can find additional notes on hacksandhobbies.com. Please share the podcast with your friends and tell them what you learned about our guest today.